Welcome to Leap Listens. I'm Sarah McGregor. And I'm Roger Cadus. Today we're going to be talking about internal communications and how this has changed with organisations being thrown into virtual working. Even though we are two years down the line, some organisations are still navigating through how to make this work. Who best to talk to about this subject than a senior communicator with over 25 years of experience working in large, complex organisations? an all-rounder in his profession and passionate about enabling people to connect and having a shared sense of purpose. Welcome to Leap Listens, Arian Baranowski. Well, thank you so much for having me. And um, yeah, really, really pleased to be talking about this topic today. So Arian, you must have been on quite a journey as an internal comms lead through the pandemic. Taking us back to when we first went into lockdown, what were the biggest challenges as an internal comms team? Yeah, it's been, it's, it's been really tough. I think many other internal comms teams, I'm sure, will relate to what I'm going to say. We had to kind of, I guess, move into quickly into sort of crisis mode to sort of pretty much drop everything at the beginning of the pandemic and work in a really focused way, I think a lot of people found this, a lot of other IC teams have found this as well, is that we'd sort of been working on all, all, all the usual things that we normally would deliver and then becoming almost ultimately sort of managing a crisis on a day-to-day basis, which became incredibly focused, not not just within the team, but also more widely across the business. So working very much with the senior leaders to deliver the comms. And then also, unfortunately, having to sort of then move into kind of huge change programs potentially as well. So where we've seen some sectors really impact by the pandemic because it, it effectively just accelerated huge change in custom customer habits and, and how they were shopping with potentially retail customers and things like that. Yeah, it really has. Can you just expand a little on those changes? Um, more to digital, obviously. That's that's kind of where it's all leaned towards. Um, so this meant obviously businesses having to really rethink their structures and how they were working and potentially you know, making some really tough decisions about their businesses. So internal comms people really yeah, sort of having to manage the crisis, but then move quite swiftly into what does this mean for us now in the future of our company, retelling the story of the strategy potentially and dealing with a huge amount of change. And I, I think that my, my personal experience is, was, was pretty much, yeah, manage the crisis and then move into quite swiftly what does this mean for us as a business and, and, uh, and then delivering some pretty hardcore change after that. So tough all around, really, really tough. So virtual working really for many organisations is, is here to stay. In your experience, uh, what have been sort of the key challenges, but also the positives that have come out of this from an internal comms point of view? Well, yeah, I guess, I guess you know, depending on what sort of business you're from, because I think when we're talking about working virtually, it predominantly means people that work in an office. You know, we have lots of other sectors that right throughout the pandemic have continued to work, haven't they, in their roles, whether that's in retail or other sectors in construction, etc. So I think the main impact has been sort of the, the biggest change that we've seen, obviously, in ways of working, uh, I should say, is, is probably in the office. Um, and it has been very challenging. So if, if you're having to manage a huge amount of change during the pandemic, I guess the big, the big thing is that, you know, if you're making announcements to large numbers of, of, of people or, or employees, um, you've having to really rethink about how you do that. And certainly if you're doing it virtually, which I don't think any of us would want to make some pretty big announcements about change to our business, not in person, uh, we'd certainly want to do them uh, that way. So, so yeah, really thinking about what communicating in a virtual world would mean and how different that would feel for people receiving those kinds of announcements. 
leading on from that, what different styles of communication have you adopted that you wouldn't have considered before, not notwithstanding the ones that you were forced to do? We leaned so heavily into digital over the last two years. You know, it's it's really thinking about how you how you communicate and use those tools in a way whereby I guess you wouldn't have had the same amount of interaction that you'd have had with your teams in the past or you wouldn't have been able to see people um, as much as you would have in the past. Really thinking about how you you interact on a daily basis where where it is virtual. So we we just encourage people to you know make sure they're having regular catch ups with their teams, meeting people more regularly, really getting people to turn up their their emotional radar on 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 the people that they they work with. Because I guess in the past, when when you have people coming into the office, you you can quite clearly see straight away how they're feeling and how they are. And it's very difficult to do that when you're all sort of just interacting in these these moments of meetings. So really encouraging people to, to you know, to catch up, not because of work, but just to catch up generally and sort of um, and check in with people. And, and certainly over chat, you know, obviously that, that became a very busy and noisy way of, of, of doing that. But it's very much sort of thinking about, you know, how you um, interact with people over over that digital thing, but but doing it more often. So just increasing the frequency of the interactions that you have. And moving beyond the pandemic, what lessons about the way we now work have you learned that we can use today? So, so I think I think if we're sort of moving into today, um, there's still a lot for businesses to consider in in how they they look at hybrid working. If we think of sort of working virtually all the time as a, a sort of a new way of working, I think. I think it's fair to say it's it's probably not a healthy or effective way to work all the time. So 100% of the time. So just just being virtual, I think it's probably great for delivering sort of task-based work. But you're not getting all of those interactions and transactions you'd normally get by being together in person. And I think also we probably need to acknowledge that, you know, being part of a business isn't just about work. You can watch a sort of um, a sporting event or or a festival online or on TV but the experience isn't it's just not as rich as being there in person so i think most successful businesses are sort of built on really good relationships and and, and utilizing the power of the collective that they have you know that collective intelligence and and i almost you know i do strongly believe i think knowing who we work with and feeling connected and part of a team are really sort of essential to sort of well-being and and, and making our businesses you know really successful but on the other hand <laughs> I don't think we'd we'd really want to return to working sort of five days a week, would we? I think I think we spent too much time and money commuting, sitting in traffic jams, you know, stuck on trains, God knows what else. But I think we need to keep it really flexible. I think internal communications can keep that conversation going um, within the businesses. And I think listening to your employees and really working out what's right for your business. I don't think there is a one-size-fits-all approach. I think there's sort of a, a blueprint for, for every business out there. I think you've really got to consider the scale, the size of your company, and also really think about what, what type of people that you've got working with your organisation um, and also the work that they do. And then sort of try and work from there out in terms of kind of what, what would be the right kind of frequency to sort of meet and bring people together and what would those gatherings look like and how often should they be. And then I wouldn't keep it rigid I'd just think about, you know, how often would you review it? And also just being being mindful that we don't really know what's going to happen in the future. You know, we could see another wave taking place again, say, at Christmas time over the winter period. So what what would be the right way to kind of manage that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and like you say, there isn't a one size 
fits all because different people and different teams have those different needs. I think, do you, do you think that some of the benefits of hybrid working are kind of led by employees and, uh, and that actually there's organisations that like secretly really want everyone back in the office? You know, I think what we've learned very much from, from the past two years is that people don't need to be micromanaged. You know, I think we've, we've seen a huge amount of trust placed in employees in, you know, in many businesses right across, across the UK. And people have done their job. I think probably depending on the leaders that you've got within the business, I think there's always this sense of you know, having the ability to connect and be with people is often a way to lead. You know, if, you, if you're seeing people on a regular basis, then you know, it's a way to inspire and to, and to bring people together and, and, and to do great things. So I think there, there is that question around you know, how, how do you lead in a hybrid world when you're not as close to the people that you probably would be on a, on a regular basis. But I'd also kind of argue, when, when we were working back in the office, you know, how often did we see these these senior leaders? You know, were they that visible? So I think there's probably a bit of a question around, you know, do we look do we look in the past and working back in the office five days a week with, with rose-tinted spectacles or do leaders look at it that way? Or are there kind of new ways where we can all benefit? But I think... Employees probably feel, you know, and there's a lot of research out there at the moment that it has been an, an employer's market. You know, they, they've been fully in control of how we work. But I think we're sort of getting to that point now where this year we're probably going to work through trying to strike that balance between what the employer wants and what the employees need. And, uh, and I think that's kind of where we're getting to, I think, this year. So it'd be really interesting to see how that works through. And that's what we've seen with um, recruiters as well. They, the feedback that we're getting from them is the employees, you know, when they're sort of negotiating their contract, they're saying things like, you know, I'm used to, you know, I've got a new life and I'm used to working from home and that's how I want to do it. Whereas the the company, you know, they want their their people to come into the office and you're having sort of like that, that mm. balance and who's leading that. No, it's so, really, really interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and I've, I've just started a new role in the last the last couple of months and it was really interesting to see how many companies had really shifted you know the majority of the interviews that I did were were virtual um, and most of the companies were offering a huge amount of flexibility in in how I would work whether it would be one day in the office two days in the office or or none at all coming as required um, based on what the team's uh, needs were so um, it's just yeah it's totally changed and that opens up a huge amount of flexibility as well for people in terms of where they work London probably not necessarily always the most attractive place to work if you're commuting in there five days a week it's very expensive but you know as soon as you say one day a week um, it does open you know the opportunity to think about you know how far I travel um, to that job and um, and how that would work so um, it's great for from an employer perspective to be able to do that. The other thing I was just occurring to me is that you've got some quite big, well-known businesses where they'll often have their office as a as a bit of a cell to come into, particularly if they're a kind of creative business. Then the office environment and slides and beanbags and pool tables and things are all kind of part of that experience. Do you, do you think that that's now less important to people? I really, I think it really depends on the business. You know, I, I don't think people really want to just come back to work and and sit at a desk and and do the job they can do at home businesses are clearly thinking about you know where they can afford to how they best make use of the space that they've got whether that's making the more collaborative spaces obviously we we, we know 
Google does, you know, as an example, Google does a great job of that in their London offices. Um, but they've been like that for years. You know, that's that's not a new thing for them. Other companies that have just had the, the standard sort of open plan set up and what that says about their work and how they work going forward, I think is something everyone's considering. But clearly, you know, this is this is a cost issue as well. It's a real challenge for, for, for not for every company can do that. But I think in terms of how we work and how we communicate and how we engage with each other, how we use that office space and, and when we bring people together is 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 certainly something that's big big and high on the agenda at the moment for lots of companies. Mm. So those organisations that do have the choice that they can, you know, come into the office or have that flexibility of working from home, how do they know what is the right thing to do? Say if you've got the majority of your employees are, you know, you're working in a tech business, and the majority of those 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 employees are are coders. That you know they they're there to to deliver, you know, and program and and work on on technology, you know, on products. It might be that you know you don't feel the need to get these guys and these these people in on a regular basis. They 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 might feel that once a month where they can come in and gather and work through some of the challenges or the next phase of some works or, or, or some sprints. So, you know, you're bringing people in to effectively um, work on the next challenges. You know, so I think your rhythm is is predominantly, predict, I guess, dictated to by the type of work that you've got. And that's where you might find the big businesses that that a one-size-fits-all approach for your whole business isn't, isn't right because it doesn't necessarily fit with everybody. You know, where internal communications can help is where you work through a team-focused solution so you're basically just thinking about what what's right for say marketing what's right for finance what's right for different areas of the business and 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 letting that lead and work it through by by the leaders of those areas and then for your sort of rhythm for the whole year it might be that you used to have one single annual conference where you all kind of got together as a business or your senior leaders got together but you can look at the different i guess the different ways of being together and what that frequency looks like maybe across things like you know having a quarterly meeting for your whole business where you all come together and look at progress and, and sort of building some fun and activity into that as well. So it's not just all about work. And then how often do you get your senior leaders together? How often do you get everyone together just for social events? And and start to build in a bit, a bit more of a structure into, you know, how that works. And then listen to people in terms of, you know, going back to employees, how's it working? Is this working for everybody? Rather than sort of trying to nail down something which is, predominantly focused about just purely getting people back into the office, which I think I, I think is just a basic way of, you know, trying to get back to some something that was kind of like what we had before. I don't think really employees are looking for that anymore. Yeah. It's a really good, really good point. Really good advice. Well thanks Arian. It's been great chatting to you. Loads of stuff there for takeaway. We will look forward to speaking to you again soon. Yeah, I think I feel there's a part two I do, coming yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> thanks Arian. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me.